Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. Good morning. It's Friday, October 7th. Welcome to the podcast, sponsored by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation, the makers of Lecvio and Clizerin. Our good buddy Frank Schwab is back, and today he's going to help us preview all of the week five games coming up this weekend. Frank, buddy, how you doing? I, I feel like last time we talked, I, I actually don't even remember last time you are on the podcast because, you know, my brain is mush at this point, or, or, hey. running into week five, but... <laughs> You had to, at some point, be feeling pretty panicked about all of your Cowboys enthusiasm coming into this year. But now, now, Frank, you're going to be feeling pretty pretty damn good about those Dallas Cowboys. Looking, looking pretty good, Matt. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how I was high in the Eagles, love the Eagles, how I was higher than everybody else in the Cowboys. What we're not going to talk about <laughs> is how I like the Colts, how I was higher on the Patriots than everybody else. How I thought Jonathan Taylor would win another rushing time. We're not going to talk about any of that. We'll just yeah. stick with the, the my Eagles and Cowboys takes, I guess. That's why we're having you on uh, on the Friday after Thursday Night Football. We have no idea what happened between the Colts and the Broncos at this point. But either way, Frank's off the hook. Doesn't have to talk about them. You brought him up. I mean, hey, pal, you, you, we, didn't even, we weren't even going to talk about the Colts. So um, <laughs> Frank's totally off the hook. Um, just a quick programming note. I mentioned this on the last podcast. Um, We're trying something new, a little extension of the show on Fridays. If you're listening to this before 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday, that is the time when Scott Pienowski and myself will be doing a live fantasy conversation with all of you people out there on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy and the Yahoo Sports YouTube page. So check it out. We'll go over all the injury notes that we didn't know here on Thursday morning as we're taping this. Um, Unless you already missed it, well then, I mean, I guess you can go back and watch it. But we'll also be taking your 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 live Q&A stuff as well. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Make sure to check it out. Okay, on to the show. Frank, we'll start, uh, as we always do, with these preview shows. I'll do my one thing that people need to know. You, you will do your one thing, and then we'll end up just talking about the games as a whole because that's how the show goes. All right, first game, Seahawks at Saints. Saints are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Feels pretty disrespectful to the fighting Geno Smiths. Um, <laughs> over under 46 points here. Frank, what do the people need to know about this game? 
I, Gino, 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 right? <laughs> like that's been the buzz all week. And I get it. Everybody's firing off their takes now in case Gino turns into a pumpkin. You got to do that. I've yeah. done it before. But Gino seems, I don't know if he's quote unquote legit. I don't think he's going to be NFC player of the week too often going forward, but it seems like he can keep this offense going. He can get the ball to Tyler Lockett. He can get the ball to DK Metcalf. I mean, I remember talking to you and others offseason, like, well, he can't draft DK. Can't dra- he definitely can't draft Tyler Lockett. I, I, I got him for almost free in a couple of leagues. Should have got him in more because Geno's competent. Geno can keep this offense going. And I get that the whole 555 yards was playing Lions defense, and the Lions aren't going to stop anybody this year. But are the the Seahawks okay on offense? Like, are they okay, period? This this line does seem, I'll say this, this line does seem disrespectful. I, I'm on the Seahawks because the Saints haven't proven anything. And man, Geno, is is Geno legit? Are we talking about Geno in three years still being the Seahawks quarterback? Or is this like a, oh, remember those few weeks when Geno was okay? Yeah, that was funny. Har, har, har. I, I can't figure it out right now. It's a great question, Frank, Um, because I, I think I'll, I doubt that he, he'll be the starter in like three years, but if he keeps playing this way, like he's going to, they're going to mess around and like be too good to draft one of the quarterbacks right, this year. Right. right? Like, mm-hmm. so that's going to be part of it. And I, you know, Pete Carroll's fine with that. I don't think Pete Carroll gives a damn uh, if they have some great quarterback prospect, right. As long as they're winning games. Um, and I mean, you, you, the numbers are crazy on Gino. We talked about it uh, with Dalton on the last podcast. Like, he is from a completion percentage over expectation and EPA per play perspective the best the best quarterback in the NFL from the an efficiency standpoint. It's it's insane, but I think it does go to show there there's a lot of talent in Seattle, right? Like this is kind of what I was harping on with Russ going to Denver and it's like look at all of these players that Russ is going to play with in Denver. It's like look at all the guys he's leaving behind in Seattle like yeah. Yeah. DK is better than Cortland Sutton. Tyler Lockett is better, I would say, better than Cortland Sutton and be- definitely better than Jerry Judy. And, Absolutely. you know, like the tight end situation's a wash, right? I, I, and again, I hate talking about the Broncos because he played last night. You guys already know what happened. I, who knows? But, um, and the running game in Seattle, that, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, is, is good. Um, I, again, I, like you said, it, you have to have the Lions caveat to this, but Frank, like, What's our confidence level in an encore for Rashad Penny? Because Rashad Penny is good, right? Like Rashad Penny's right. a, a good runner. But there's just always health concerns. I know he had a couple of cool quotes this week about how he felt like he was letting the fans down by not being able to stay healthy. And like you could tell he just really obviously cares about this stuff. And Ken Walker, like we'll see what happens with him at some point. But like when Penny's hot, it's like they have a great running game in Seattle too. What's our confidence level in like an encore performance for him? It's, it's honestly pretty high. I mean, when a guy performs at the level he performed at late last year, it's not a fluke. It's hard to do that in the NFL. It's just, yeah. you don't do that if you stink. And yeah, he was a, obviously had the draft pedigree and all that kind of stuff. And I think what threw us off, Matt, was Kenny Walker getting drafted where he did. Yes. Let's, let's, let's say Ken Walker never gets drafted in the second round by the Seahawks. They take a lineman or whatever they do. We're all coming into this season saying... Look at what Rashad Penny did last year. Look at the draft capital. He just hasn't stayed healthy. Let's take a chance on him if he stays healthy. But since Kenneth Walker gummed up the whole situation there, we're like, ah, Rashad Penny's not that good. Let me draft the shiny new toy Kenneth Walker before him or right around him. And we all kind of slept on how good Rashad Penny was late last year. I, I think he's going to do this until he st- until he gets hurt. And if he stays healthy all year, I think he can maintain a level. Look, again, the Lions caveat. He played against the Lions. It's yeah. not going to be that easy every week. But can he be a, a very good, viable starting running back, keep Kenneth Walker uh, mostly on the bench all year? 
I think he can as long as he's healthy. Yeah, and the Saints obviously have historically had a really good run defense. They rank ninth right now in rushing success rate allowed. So definitely a more difficult matchup. But, you know, you brought up drafting an offensive lineman. They did draft two offensive linemen this year, right? And, like, that's been a, yeah. a huge a huge hit for Seattle. Yeah. I think that's something that needs to be discussed in this. You know, I did a little combined offensive line metric just on, on the Statner podcast with Dalton, just combining, like, some, you know, line yards from from football outsiders, uh, pressure rate allowed, sack rate allowed, stuff like that on the last podcast. And, you know, Seattle doesn't come out great in that, but they rank like 19th in uh, adjusted line yards, 12 uh, in in sack rate allowed, 19th in pressure rate allowed. That's not, again, it's not crazy good, but they're not like Washington or the Rams or the Bengals, you know, these teams that are just getting boat raced on the offensive line. So, the ecosystem is really, really good in Seattle. I think we can continue to trust um, Lockett. Where would you rank like DK Metcalf for the rest of the season among wide receivers? Uh, I mean, top 15 probably. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can get him quite to wide receiver one, but talent. A, a lot of times you just close your eyes and bet on talent, and that's what I should have been doing more often with DK. Yep. He's a beast. He's a beast. And, and Gino's been competent enough to get him the ball. I think he's... Again, I don't know if he's necessarily. I haven't sat down to rank, re-rank them all, but it's hard for me to believe he'd be a, a, a surefire wide receiver one. But he's right on the fringe. If you if you draft a DK Metcalf, he's beating that ADP all day, every day, and you feel really good about it. Yeah, both both Seattle receivers, you're you're feeling yeah, great Lockett about was, Lockett. Lockett was God. We got into draft bad. season late, and I'm like. Why why am I not drafting Tyler Lockett? He's like 10th round. Like the guys are going around him stink. Like maybe yeah. I should take a shot. And I never did. I never got on board until like again, just a couple shares. Yeah. That's it. Ugh, I, I did take I did take a good bit of Tyler Lockett because it was just it was exactly what you said. Like you get on the draft board and you're looking at the names around him. It's like, come on, man. Like right, you know, right. you see going around, you know, just total goofballs. Uh, you know, like Devontae Parker type of names, right? Like, right. you know, yeah. just guys that are just never going to, like, from a talent perspective, not even going to come close. Um, I have Metcalf, yeah, right around, like, wide receiver 16. You know, I'd, I'd still yeah. take guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, you know, Michael Pittman, uh, Keenan Allen. You know, when he gets healthy, I think he'll be really good. Jalen Waddle, like, those type of names. But, I mean, Metcalf is right there. Like, a, a high upside wide receiver two. Um, that might be a little more volatile again, just because Seattle's not going to run a ton and a ton of plays, and that's always going to you know sort of mix in with the outlook here for this offense. Absolutely, I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, anything on on New Orleans? I mean, they're they're definitely a team yeah. that Scott and I will talk about uh, tomorrow when we get some real injury news. But I would say we're probably not going to see Michael Thomas again. We're probably going to get Andy Dalton behind center again. It looks like, um, which we know at this point though is fine for Chris Olave because that dude, I mean, oh my God, Chris Olave. So good. He's good. <laughs> they paid so much to go get him. And I was like, oh, Saints, what are you doing? But at least they got a dude. Like yeah. he's really, really good. Um, I'll tell you this story. I, I, I told it last week, tweeted it, whatever, that last week I bet Minnesota minus two and a half, felt good about it. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, Jameis probably isn't going to start. And I said, oh, that's not good. I, I'd rather have Jameis start than Andy Dalton as somebody who was on the Vikings. So that's my level of confidence in Jameis Winston right now where I, I, I'm going to have the Seahawks in this game. I'd rather have Jameis start for the Saints. I think Andy, Andy's not great. Like everybody like oh, Andy stinks. Yeah, I know he does. But it, he plays a certain way that is going to keep the Saints in the game. He can get the ball to Olave. He can get. He's he's not going to be pushing it downfield to Olave. But I think he can 
keep them in the game, keep the chains moving. We saw them almost, you know, they almost took the Vikings overtime if Will lets his field goal doesn't double doing. So I think if it is Dalton, I, I think I'm perfectly fine with that. And I feel confident about pretty much everybody, especially Kamara, if he plays too, because Jameis just doesn't check it down to Kamara enough. It's just not part of his game. Whereas Andy, Andy's smart enough to say, hey, here's this super supreme athlete right there, two yards away from me. I'm going to toss one off to him. He'll break 40 yards and I'll go on my stat sheet. So I think Dalton, honestly, as weird as it sounds, I think Dalton's better for this offense than Jameis is. Yep. I think we're on the same page here. All right. Next game up here. We've got the Chargers, two and a half point favorites at the Cleveland Browns over under 47 and a half. This game has a lot of interesting parts for fantasy. That's why it's high on the rundown, of course. My um, thing for this game is that the Browns have emerged as a very easy team to run on, which is good news for our buddy Austin Eckler and the L.A. Chargers because they've really struggled to get their run game going. Cleveland ranks 27th in rushing success rate allowed. Um, you know, we saw the hey, the Falcons and Arthur Smith. They said, we're going to run the piss out of the ball. And they did run the piss out of the ball on the Cleveland Browns. Um, sure you know, the the Chargers, like I said, their run game hasn't gotten going. Um, but this is a really good spot to try to try to build on, as Austin said, the performance that they had against the Houston Texans last week. Good match. It does look like Miles Garrett's going to come back for this game, which is good to see. Yeah, and that, that's not a small thing. And also, we got to keep an eye on Jadavian Clowney because yep. when you talk about run defense, I, I mean, his excellence in the run game really gets lost with his career. He's great. He's a great run defender. I, I mean, so not having him in there has been a huge difference for the Browns. We'll see. Uh, check that injury report. I mean, obviously, you're playing Eckler either way. And he's not going to get game scripted out. I think this is, will be a close game one way or another. I, I can't foresee a scenario in which the Browns blow them out. And even if no, that does know. happen, Eckler's catching nine, nine balls, ten balls, like he did against the Chiefs. So, yes, I, I think that the Browns' defense is not what we thought it would be. The offense isn't that great. It's just kind of this meh Browns team that's, that's not easy to watch every week. But... <laughs> We'll, we'll see. I, I I agree though. Like this is this is a great spot for it. We're going to learn a lot about the Chargers this week. Yes. I don't think we learned a lot last week. I, I mean, it was okay. The the Texans are the Texans, and they still tried to charger that game away, of course. <laughs> of course. But I mean, the Chargers could go in and beat the Browns and look good on offense doing it. Maybe we'll say, okay, the Chargers kind of back on track, and and even with all these injuries, maybe they're going to be somewhat of the team we thought they would be. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, I'd like to see them go in and, and really take it to Cleveland. Um, but, uh, you know, Cleveland just ends up playing in, for the most part, pretty close competitive games because, like you said, they still have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Although, you know, the Chargers run defense, not very good either. Uh, that's still a problem area for them. And, and they're going against Nick Chubb, right? So that could really right. be uh, popping up as a weakness. What do you got on this game uh, on the Browns offensive side? You know, and I'm going to be selfish here because I think I have more David Njoku shares than, like, David Njoku's mom. Like, I mean, I, I, I love this guy through the draft season, was drafting him every single league I could, and through a couple weeks, I'm just on tilt. I'm like, oh, I screwed up. David Njoku's no good. It turns out David Njoku's really good. Yeah, like, they've good. gotten him back into the, they've gotten him back into the mix, but... This week, they go against you know the Chargers and Derwin James, who, I mean, it's not going to be a shadow thing. He's not going to be on him every single play, but he's going to see a lot of Derwin James, who is one of my favorite safeties in the league. One, I, I just love the guy. He's he's great. And when you look back at what the Chargers have done against tight ends, 
they've done pretty well. Like, yeah, Travis Kelsey got his week two, but that's Travis Kelsey. They've allowed pretty much nothing since then. And I mean, okay, Jacksonville and Evan Ingram and Houston and their band of characters at tight end aren't anything to worry about. But Derwin James is a guy who can take a tight end out of the game. So all these times I'm starting a joke, I started a joke with some flexes last week and felt pretty good about it. I don't know that I can this week, Matt. I don't know. Does, is David Ajoku a matchup proof guy now? Or is Derwin going to kind of just erase him? And then, you know, the Browns, like you said, they could give, they could just say, the Chargers can't stop us running the ball. We're going to give Nick Chubb 25 carries. We're going to give Kareem Hunt the rest of them, maybe 15 or 20. We are just, we don't care about passing the ball because the Chargers can't stop us in a run game. I think David Njoku gets his. Certainly, I think they'll they'll run the ball and, and they'll be really good at it in this matchup. Um, this could be one of those games that is over like really fast. You know, it's like a two and a half hour game, right? right. <laughs> in They're real really time. Really uh, a lot of rushing potential here, but I think David Njoku gets his. And you know, Amari Cooper is a, Amari Cooper is Amari Cooper, man. Like just when everybody's like, ah, oh, yeah, he's he's steady uh, and just one yeah. catch game against Falcons. Like that's gonna happen. I feel I feel better about. I mean, Amari Cooper's ceiling from a weekly perspective is obviously higher than David Njoku, but I feel better about the steadiness of Njoku in this offense than I do the steadiness of Cooper in this offense, if that makes sense. So here, I, let me let me ask you a question I have, Matt. Would okay. you start David Njoku this week or Kyle Pitts? Everybody's favorite. Oh, dude, I, d- I don't know that Kyle Pitts is even going to play this week, right? Like you might have that decision <sighs> made for you. Um, yeah. Here, I'll put it you this way, uh, Frank. My my sister has Kyle Pitts on her fantasy team, unfortunately, and sent me the screenshot of the waiver wire and was like, can I pick up any of these guys and start them over, Kyle Pitts? <laughs> and David Njoku was at the top of the list. And I was like, oh. Sir Cybert out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, right. dude, you I mean, that is like, make that ad right now. Like 100% I'd play David Njoku this week over Kyle Pitts. Although, again, hamstring injury didn't yeah he might yeah it might not might not even be a factor. But I looked at that when, you know, I mean, early in the week when it was like, okay, I'm like, Wow, am I really going to start David Njoku over my? I think my third round pick. Like, ugh, yeah. God, Kyle Pitts. That's Thanks. that's a different team we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about that one here in a minute. Let's move to uh, your Eagles, Frank. A minus five yes. at the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals stink. Uh, over under here in this game is forty nine. Um, what do you got in this one, Frank? You know, I, I thought that it was really interesting that two weeks ago, Kyler came out. They asked him about running the ball. He had not been running the ball very much. His first three games, five, five, two for attempts. Just wasn't part of his game. And he basically said, he threw Cliff Kingsbury under the bus in a very subtle way. He basically said, shot. look, I just do what I'm told to do. Eh, whatever. <laughs> and so it was clear from his implication that he's been told, don't run, don't run. When the Cardinals record when he runs at least 10 times, is really, really good. I don't have it in front of me. I've tweeted it out. And when he doesn't rush for four or more times, it's really, really bad. And this is not one of those, hey, you know, running backs who get 25 attempts. It's not one of those. This is really, to me, is a cause and effect. The Cardinals are better when Kyler Murray runs the ball. Last week, he ran 12 times. It wasn't for a ton of yards. Only 26, but he did have the touchdown. And the Cardinals' offense is just better when he runs. And I think Arizona has figured out, look, yeah, he might get banged up, but... We're going to lose a lot of games trying to save Kyler Murray for late in the year. We just got to play. We just got to have him play the way he plays. I think he's going to be up in that, you know, 10 rushing attempts range the rest of the year, really. I think that's good for Arizona. And I'll say this. I love the, obviously, I picked the Eagles to make the Super Bowl. You can, I got the receipts on that. I love the Eagles coming into the year. They've looked great, obviously. The Cardinals have not. Why do I have this weird feeling Cardinals are going to win this game? Why do I have this spidey sense that this is the NFL game where we're all on Sunday nights? Like, how the heck did that happen? So, yeah, I think Kyler, I think Kyler, now that he's running again, is back to being that dude who we, you know, if you drafted him, 
all of a sudden you feel a lot better about him going forward because he's going to add that running game to his game because the Arizona Cardinals are like, we got to do this. I think if you feel that way, Frank, and I totally understand what you're saying, that it could be that game. It, it does have to kind of be like a spidey sense type of thing. Um, it does with half hundred percent. Like th- maybe it has to be a big Kyler Murray running game and a big uh, James Connor running game. We haven't seen Connor have like a big big fantasy day just yet, but it would have to be this one. And, and from like a you know, we talk about these funnel defenses, right? Like the 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 Eagles are a great pass defense so far. They rank third in passing success, dropback success rate allowed. Meanwhile, they rank twenty sixth in uh, against the run so it would have to be probably I think that's probably the matchup that Arizona would have to exploit now do you trust Cliff Kingsbury to exploit to exploit a matchup (laughs) I know I certainly don't (laughs) I know I certainly don't I get it um the Eagles from a fantasy perspective do seem like just really straightforward Miles Sanders another guy that hey you know he told us not to draft him bad analysis miles on yourself like he was one of the best <laughs> running back draft picks you could probably make yeah, he's been great easily. so far um you know jalen Hur- you know like jalen hurts devonta smith dallas goddard aj brown yes every single week for the most part you won't break ties yeah favorite starting yep. these guys especially against the cardinal secondary that's been terrible this year they even hey they even let dj except Moore- against baker mayfield well i was gonna say they except let dj Moore get 50 yards though bro like that's a that's like, for dj yeah, Moore. that's, that's like, a ceiling game at this point this that's year. like flipper anderson in 1989 like i mean yeah 50 Seriously. yards for dj wow wow um so what do you got what do you got on this game yeah Matt? my thing on this game is the cardinals wide receiver usage um because we saw rondell moore come back for the first game uh this year and kind of surprisingly he went well number one he went right back to a full-time role all those like people sending in greg dorch questions on fantasy football live it's like come on man we no. ran around on 94.3 percent of the team dropbacks in week four that was the same as marquise brown um and rather surprisingly he only lined up in the slot on 28.8 percent of his plays in week four um and had about 11 air yards per target which if you remember rondo Moore last year that was like 11 air yards per target he was lucky to see like 11 air yards in a game you know so <laughs> right right I think a dot was microscopic. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was not even playing a real wide receiver last year. So and Marquise <laughs> Brown's kind of emerged as an every week guy that you can count on. And I want to continue to see how these guys are used. Obviously, when DeAndre Hopkins gets back, I'm really curious, like where these guys will all line up. Right. But no, that usage for Rondo Moore, I'm, I'm probably not going to like try and roll out and play him in this matchup. But he's a guy that I do want on my bench. And, and it's a player I want to monitor uh, that usage. Yeah, the, the usage is really fascinating. This could be really fascinating when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. The main question I really have about the Cardinals is where does Zach Ertz fit in all this when DeAndre comes back? I think until yeah. then, he's he in this tight end landscape where, my goodness, George Kittle and, and Darren Waller and Mikhail Pitts aren't even startable right now. Zach Ertz is a guy who you can feel pretty good about right now, but I, I just wonder how that's going to happen. What's going to happen when DeAndre Hopkins comes back? But that's a story for another day. Yes, but I I, th- I agree with you on the Cardinals receivers because and and it's, look is a tough tough matchup for them. I mean the Eagles got some real dudes in the secondary. So yeah, the, I, I agree with you on all those points. God, Eagles are so good, man. All right, let's move on to another NFC East t- team. Uh, Frank's other favorite team, uh, the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are five and a half point favorites. What? What? I don't I, know about that. Explain. Ah, oh, yeah. Let's just put um, it this way. If the Cowboys win on Sunday, uh, yeah, stake on me. Let's put it that way, yeah. yeah Maybe no. a car payment on me. <laughs> Let's go. I just bought a new truck, so I might, I might hit go. you up on that. I'll have it. Because the Cowboys, <laughs> I am all look, I am all in on this Cowboys game right here because 
the Rams are just broken. Like, and, okay, look, the 49ers defense is awesome. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. We all know that. And we kind of look back on some of the games the team's played and we're like, yeah, maybe Geno didn't play well week two because the 49ers are that good on defense. Yes. I get all that. But when you watch this Rams team, they're getting nothing going downfield. They're getting nothing to anybody but Cooper Cup. I mean, it's just, and Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is awesome. Like, he is one of the best players in football, obviously. But they have no other counterpunch. And teams like the 49ers knew Cooper Cup's going to get his, but it's not, he's not going to kill us. And he had, what, 11 for 95 by the end? They'll live with that all day because nobody else did anything. This whole, like, we're going to run screens for Tyler Higby. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget about their their worthless oh, uh, Tyler Higby uh, targets that they get every single Oh, week. it's so bad. And, and your boy, uh, and my, I, I liked him yeah. too. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. Allen Robinson is a ghost. He, I know he's washed, right? Like, is that it? Like, is that, we have to, I think that is the entire question about this Rams team and fantasy too. People were drafting Allen Robinson high. I couldn't get him. Like, thankfully, because I wanted him, but everybody was drafting him ahead of me. I'm like, ah, I missed Allen Robinson. He's got this great year. No, no, he's not. And uh, you look back on that Bears year last year and you're like, wow, that's kind of where Allen Robinson is right now. I mean, based on the first, because they desperately need him. I think there's three things working against Rams right now. Real quick. Allen Robinson's nothing. Like, he's just not there. And they have nobody else. Van Jefferson's not in the lineup. They just yeah. have nothing else other than Cup. Two is the offensive line is bad. It's it's just not playing well right now. And I, I'll give you the 49ers caveat. 49ers great in defense. And third, is Stafford's elbow hurting? Like, know, is that yeah. it? Like, I we have to go back to that preseason story. And I thought he throws some balls with zip and velocity, but there's nothing going downfield at all in this Rams offense. And you know that's not how they want to play. So I, I just... Man, I, I think the whole story of this game is the Cowboys' defense is great. The Rams' offense is getting nothing going at all. I love the Cowboys to win in this game straight up. And a lot of it is is because of just Allen Robinson and the absolute lack of weapons outside of Cooper Cup. So a couple things here. Um, and, you know, I, I said on the on the podcast yesterday with Dalton that I, I'm like the captain in the Titanic movie, like just going down with the ship with Alan Robinson. Um, <laughs> the band is playing, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I will, I will I will go down with the ship because I was on the ship, you know, at the beginning of his career and he's it was a huge yeah. uh, reception perception hit. So I got to go down with the ship as well here. Um, but your, your point about Cooper Cup is great because his fantasy numbers are awesome. But he finishes the game. Frank, you actually undersold him. 19 targets. 14 catches for 120 14, that's for, right, yeah. for 122 yards. And then yeah, the great right. Tyler Higby. I think you Higby, got a few on the last drive, yeah. Yes. Well, of course. Like, And then the great Tyler Higby, 14 targets, 10 catches, 73 yards. That <laughs> sucks, right? Like, It's so bad. It's, it's so it's, bad. It's great for fantasy, right? Like it ends up in your bottom line. Yeah, but, PPR is, yeah, fine. But the, te- but the team sucks. And I mean, Matthew Stafford has, I'm glad you brought that up. He's played terrible. Uh, Austin Gale, who works for the ringer um, now put this out on Twitter. I saw it this morning, bottom five quarterbacks in EPA per drop back on a clean drop back. No pressure. We talked about the offensive line and this offensive line is horrific. I talked about that yes, little man. combined metric I did with, you know, run blocking mm-hmm. pass protection. They were, I think third from the bottom in that, in that result. So mm. they, they've been terrible, mm. um, but still bottom five quarterbacks in EPA per drop back on a clean on in a clean pocket through the first four weeks, 32, our guy, Baker Mayfield, 31, Mitchell Trubisky, 30, Davis Mills, 29, Cooper rush. Kind of surprising. 28, yeah, Matthew Stafford. Like wow. this is the company. Wow. Matthew Stafford is keeping in a clean pocket right now, because all he's doing is throwing a Cooper cup in these short areas. And look, I definitely think there's no question Allen Robinson has lost a step. But I also think it is true that 
the Rams are doing nothing to like, you know, get him work. Like he's not a downfield player at this point. And I think that was pretty obvious from last year's film. I do think he can still get open in short to intermediate areas, but you can't just throw him out there as X receiver anymore. Like I, I do think that the media industry as a whole kind of in fantasy folks like yada yada the van jefferson injury but van jefferson's a really important player for them that is a vertical threat and they have no yeah. like robinson's not a vertical threat at this point in his career no. cooper cup is you know a big slot receiver tyler higby i mean lol like you know ben skoranek <laughs> is not a deep threat so no, yeah. that's that's a it's a problem for the la rams it right is. now to the point it that is. i think you could play i mean you you i don't I I'll go, like I said I'll go down with the ship with Allen Robinson like but they've got, they got to do more for him than just toss him out even Matthew Stafford even said himself like yeah I really only throw him in like 50-50 ball situations like yes you that is it it's tough I don't know yes it's just it's bad right now like I said how about them Cowboys yeah I'm all about yeah. the Cowboys in this game and and the Cowboys side of it it's 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 business as usual they're, yeah. they they yeah I mean Cooper Rush has proven himself to be a guy that can he could keep that offense going. He could keep CD Lamb viable. He can, I mean, everybody in that offense except the tight end, Dalton Schultz, is just it, basically who they were. I mean, this is, you, you start them with the same amount of confidence you had if it would have been Dak Prescott. I don't think this Rams defense has really blown anybody away at this point either. So, yeah, it's, the Cowboys are almost like, it, it, it's funny nobody's talking about them really. They're 3 0 with Cooper. I mean, it, people do talk about them, but yeah. you would figure backup quarterback Cowboys three and oh we'd be like oh my god but everybody's you know this week it's been like yeah yeah Cowboys okay whatever I I, I think people are gonna be talking about them Sunday night because again yeah I I, I got Cowboys, the Cowboys. I think Cowboys win I think Cowboys are their defense is really legit and I, I think they go to LA and win this game yep I'm with you I'm with you man oh what a bummer about the Rams I mean they they're everything is that's another reason like I will always say to people like you can't come like you can't come in after the Vikings beat the Lions and be like they didn't get Jefferson Je Justin Jefferson the ball enough I'm like they they won the game okay but the game. Rams offense stinks out loud and like they're not getting anything with Allen Robinson I'm kind of like okay I get it Robinson's probably a part of the problem and certainly is a declining player like I think everybody would admit that even coming into this year you should have admitted he's a declining player but they got to do something else, man. Like they got to try. They got to at least try something else, and and we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens the rest yeah. of the way. All right. Run, by the way, we we didn't even mention a running game in help. Yeah. Well, we either. shouldn't. That, that's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to mention there either. Um, the only people who are hurting more than the Allen Robinson drafters are the Cam Akers drafters. So uh, there is that. Oh. All right. Next game up here, we got Steelers at Bills. Bills are a heavy 14, uh, 14 and a half point favorites. 14 points. 14. Range? Straight 14, 14 there. Straight 14. Beautiful. 14. But hey, if you're giving me 14 and a half, I'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers. So. Really? Oh, okay. Let's, let's, oh, uh, yeah, let's, we can let's talk jump about right that. into it. My, my thing was basically like, obviously, like, what's Kenny Pickett going to look like? Um, yeah. Did, the only incompletions he threw were to uh, the, the – didn't throw an incomplete pass, right? Because he all his – not completed passes to his team were all completed to the other team, right? Uh, so I don't really <laughs> yeah. give him, I don't really give him too much crap for those picks. Like he's trying to make something happen down the field. Like Chase Claypool maybe make a play once in your life in a contested situation. Um, George Pickens obviously looked really good. He's they finally Frank. I mean I'm I'm telling you I've never seen a guy run so many go routes like just just uh, go route go route go route go route go route and yeah. we weeks one two three. Last week, finally, he was just doing cardio. Yeah, he was just doing cardio the first yeah. three weeks. Yeah, he was yeah, on was he was on the Gabe so. Davis plan, who I know we're going to talk yeah. about here in a second. Just uh, just yeah. the cardio plan, but um, yeah, getting his steps in out there. But they finally involved <laughs> him in like some real receiver stuff last week. It looked really good, man. Yeah, so really good. 
it's a tough matchup for Kenny Pickett to make his starting debut, but I do think he is good news long-term for Pickens and for Deontay Johnson as well, who has all like the underlying metrics you want from a fantasy receiver. He just needs like his quarterback play to not be the stone worst in the NFL. A hundred percent agree with you, especially on Pickens. I mean, Deontay's kind of, he's going to be what he is and he has been mm-hmm. okay, but he gets a little bit of a bump and Pickens gets an enormous bump. I think he's going to be a, a, a viable starter from here on out. He's just so mm-hmm. talented that so they got to know. And, and you could tell, and here's why I actually like the Steelers and the points. I'm not picking them to win straight up, but it's because teams rally around new quarterbacks. We see this all the time. We, we write off these, Oh, the, the quarterback's injured. Their backup's going, they can't win. When, the reality is in that locker room, guys say, we we got all got to be better this week. We don't have our starter. We got to really rally around this new quarterback. And I think in this situation, it's not an injury, but I think you could tell from the frustrated quotes coming out of the Steelers, they were ready for this change. They oh, are yeah. so sick of Trubisky just checking this thing down and just not getting anything going that they're revitalized. They're energized. The the body, the body language on, on the the receivers, especially with Trubisky, but also Trubisky too, like at different points. I know he was like kind of mad to be benched or whatever, which I mean, come on, Mitch, but like he, it's like the, the Steelers receivers knew he sucked and he knew he sucked like based on their body language. The, the last first, the first four weeks, no question. So I, I think you're going to get the best effort out of the Steelers. Now, look, is there a, a, a chance that, you know, we're looking up five minutes left in the first quarter and it's like, wow, the Bills are up 24 zip. I, I really screwed this one. Yeah, of course, the Bills can turn out anybody's lights. They're a really, really good football team, but 14, I'm taking it. I think you're going to get a really good effort out of the Steelers this week, revitalized. And the thing I want to look at the, in this game is where's Gabe Davis? Like a, a million people have tweeted this week about his history playing through injuries. It's not good at all. Well, he's back to full practice. Yeah. His ankle thing may be behind him. Everybody out there was Gabe Davis was the most divisive dude in a preseason draft business. And, you know, first game, it's like, oh, got touchdown, look good, all that got hurt. He's been a ghost since. I want to see in this game, can he come back? I mean, we might not see Isaiah McKenzie in this game. Uh, Dawson Knox is just, he's, he just hasn't been a big part of the offense, blocking a lot and whatnot. I just want to see Gabe Davis, now that he's off the injury report, basically, can he emerge and be a good player? I don't see why not. I mean, this offense is fully capable of supporting multiple viable starting receivers. I, I, where are you at on Gabe Davis? I assume that he's going to be better going forward than he has been the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Dalton, and I talked a lot about Gabe Davis and how he's, you know, his targets per route run would make even Allen Robinson blush like <laughs> for what he's, what he's <laughs> right, been doing right. out there. So um, I think most of this Gabe Davis slump is because of the ankle injury. I mean, he doesn't look a hundred percent healthy. He doesn't look like he can run at full speed. You know, he looks hobbled, right? But yeah, I did have questions about. So I, I don't want this to be too much like confirmation biasy because I do think he's been injured. But I did have serious questions about like, okay, well, Gabe Davis is walking into a great role, but how good is Gabe Davis, right? Like, yeah, I, 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 I think those questions are still outstanding. But you know, if if someone is super pissed, and I know people are super pissed about Gabe Davis uh, because of all of the preseason hype, like. And you can get him as like a throw-in piece for a trade. I don't. I don't mind that right now. Like I think he will, better days are a hundred percent ahead for Gabe Davis because it can't get much worse than this. I mean, like right. I think nine point five targets per route run is is like it's pathetic. I mean, it's it's insane what Gabe Davis has been doing out there. But like the one thing I'll say, Frank, you know, people say like, oh, he's been a decoy. He's been a decoy. It's like 
come on. No, no, he's not. Like nobody's nobody's walking. He's not Julio Jones, right? Julio Jones used to do the decoy <laughs> thing. Nobody's walking into the damn uh, like. Oh, you know what we gotta do? We gotta stop Gabe Davis, right? Like no, no, Steph, no not no, when Stephon Diggs is on the team. So, right. but I think I think Gabe Davis will be fine. I think I'm I'm willing to write off most of this for injury. Now, if he comes out in this game against the pass defense that can be exploited a little bit with no TJ right. Watt out there and has yeah. another that might not game. have Mike Mika Fitzpatrick either yeah keep an eye on Mika Fitzpatrick because he is as important as any defensive player in the league right now then I'm worried I it's also it's also worth saying too that you know the bills are not nobody's throwing the ball down the field at, a, at the rate that we've seen the last few years everybody's been kind of shorter passing because of the two high shells and all that type of stuff the bills are not throwing the ball down the field as much and that's right. really that's that's what Gabe Davis is good at. Gabe Davis is not a good like short to intermediate separator. He's a great downfield route runner. So that's been just lim- it, it, there's a lot working against Gabe Davis right now to the point that I think it'll probably get better going forward, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I hope so anyway. Not, not that I have a ton of them, but the ones I do have like he's Yeah. That's like, wow, okay. I, I got two points from you, Gabe. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, next game up Falcons at Buccaneers. Bucks are nine and a half point favorites, 48 over under here. Um, what do you got in this game, Frank? I, I just wonder, you know, where we're going with Rashad White because was last week just a game script thing? I mean, the Buccaneers just completely gave up the run game, right? Like they were like, we're, we're not, we're, we're going to run the ball literally, I think three times they attempted, maybe six. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was horrific for the Buccaneers run game. So Rashad White got a lot of run. He got his career, uh, career high in snaps, 24, and ended up catching five balls, 50 yards, looked mm-hmm. spry, looked good. good. Like, uh, and Lenny's not going anywhere, but. I mean, and I'm not saying, like, look, if, if you're playing in a league where Rashad White is on waivers, you probably need to play in tougher leagues because he should have been hang- he should have been on stash. Frank, somebody's I think he's rostered on only 32% of Yahoo leagues that, right now. A lot of, lot of bad leagues then. Because he should be on everybody's <laughs> yeah. roster at this point. I agree because with you. if one thing happens to Lenny and he misses any games, Rashad White might be a top 12-ish running back going forward. That offense could support it. He looks the part. I thought he looked really, really good last week, other than, you know, the, the opening, to, and I, I was actually impressed. He opening kickoff of the game, he fumbles it away. He could have gone in the tank. He's a young guy. Like, I mean, that's tough to, to be in that spot. He ends up playing a pretty good game, and I don't think it was, it, maybe it was just game script in that game, but I think the Buccaneers were like, you know what? We got a little something here, and he needs to get a little more playing time going forward, and especially in a game like this where you know, they should win this game. They should be able to dictate what they want to do. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all if we see Rashad Wake at about the same 35-ish type percent snaps again. I love this call, Frank. I'm 100% with you. You know, we've talked about Rashad White on like the waiver wire show in a week where, you know, Mike Boone, I, don't, I hate saying that because maybe Mike Boone rushed for three touchdowns last night, but, you know, oh. Mike, <laughs> <laughs> Mike yeah, Boone yeah. got a bunch of burn on the waiver wire. You know, like Latavius Murray signs with the Broncos. Be like, I got to pick up Latavius Murray now. You know, and the the Falcons backs, who we'll obviously talk about here in a yeah. second, like they're getting a lot of pop on the waiver wire. I don't think any of those players are going to change your season. If Rashad White somehow became the starter, he would change your season. And I thought this was a great point from Dwayne McFarland, who works for Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life site now and does the utilization report. He used to do it for PFF. He's doing it there now. He pointed out that, like, hey, Rashad White's week four usage looked a lot like Tony Pollard, right? And, like, if Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. yeah. if, if Rashad White becomes a Tony Pollard player for the Bucks. Like Tony Pollard's giving you some weeks in the Cooper Rush offense. If we're getting the Tony Pollard role, like from just from a role deployment perspective, we're getting that on the Brady offense at some point. Like 
Well, that's not gonna number one. It's not gonna be good news for Leonard Fournette, and um, right, it, right. It would, but it would be great news for Rashad White, who would give you some standalone value in addition to the great yeah. contingency. Uh, with bye weeks coming up, Matt. With bye weeks coming yeah. up, if you can, if you look, maybe, maybe he's a, a souped up Naheem Hines, where or JD McKissick, where maybe he's just the, the pass catching guy, and he gives you that PPR stuff. He he looks the part, and I I have not given up on the Bucks offense. I think the Bucks offense. No, gonna yeah, be fine. I agree. It might not be what we thought they would be, but the Bucks offense can be fine. And it can, yeah, there could be some standalone value here. I, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, your friends here at the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast are monitoring the Tom Brady witchcraft story. Um, but nevertheless, <laughs> I am I am still I am still uh, optimistic about the the Bucks offense overall. Um, on the Falcons side, my, my thing here is, can they establish it again? Like I said. No. Um, yeah, not prob- against this defense. Prob- not against this defense, man. Probably not, right? The Bucks right now, you know, they're not a, a where they usually are from a rushing success rate standpoint. Um, but you know, some of that can be opponents, all that type of stuff. Um, you know, they played a great Packers run game. They've played, uh, you know, CEH, like some of his fluky plays might, uh, have that, you know, influenced a little bit, but we know that this is a good defense overall. We trust this defense, um, despite what Kansas city did to them on Sunday night. So I'm with you that they probably can't run the piss out of the ball, even though that's what, uh, Arthur Smith wants to do, <laughs> which means that oh, if there is no Arthur. Kyle Pitts. If there is no Kyle Pitts, like this could be a huge Drake London um, game. Yeah. Like the Bucks play a lot it. of zone coverage. Drake London has been a big time zone beater this year. And he's been a good man beater as well. He's just, he's just a damn good he's player. A good player, yeah. he's a really good player. So this could be like a top ten Drake London performance. Uh, I would be trying to get him to lineups for sure. Right. And in, in nor- let me say this. Uh, let me ask this. In normal way, I don't like this game for the Falcons running backs at all. Right. Like the the matchup, the, the game scripted out. Blah blah blah. In a normal matchup, normal game script type week, who do you you like Algier? You think Algier could be a guy? Know. Like I, I, I don't. Know. I had him stash a few spots, and I, I like him as a player. I do. I just don't know how often they're going to be in this. We have a good game script. We have a good matchup, and Algier gets twenty three carries. I, I don't know how often that's going to happen before CPAT comes back. And he was the passing down back um, with Tyler Algier. Uh, so that's worth noting that from a routes run perspective, he was the guy who was out there on passing downs ahead of Caleb Huntley. But I think Huntley ran well. Um, I yeah, he did. Think, think he was, you know, obviously he got the goal line look. I also think, Frank, that like this video I keep talking about where Arthur Smith said he was going to run the piss out of the ball. I quote tweeted like, you know, Caleb Huntley ran his first NFL touchdown and Arthur Smith went up to him and was like, did you get the ball? And he's like, I don't care about the ball. And I was like, oh, Arthur Smith is going to love that, right? Like, Caleb Hollings is going to get some yeah, right. for that. But, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I think it could just be a committee between these two guys, and neither one really pops from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, but yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it I could be a little that. closer to even than we think. But I do, you know, Algier's gotcha. fine, and, and Huntley might be uh, interesting as well. So, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting matchup here in the NFC South. All right. Mm-hmm. Frank and I are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll break down the rest of the Week 5 games. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Frank, we're back here in the NFC North. Bears at Vikings. Vikings are seven and a half point favorites. Over under is 44. (laughs) The Bears, dude. I mean, my God. 
What do I? What do, what do, what do you say? The best by Matt. The best stat of the NFL season by far is that Cooper Cup has more receptions than Justin Fields has completions. That's all you need to know about the Bears right now. <laughs> I did not. It's unbelievable. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look. Go look at it. it's. It's legitimately the best stat of the NFL season. It's incredible, dude. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot. We talked about Allen Robinson earlier, and um, my big axe to grind with people in the off season. And now it's like, who cares? Because we both look like idiots. Um, you know, it's like people. I think people that were in the bag for Justin Fields like were too hard on Allen Robinson last year, being like, oh, he let down Fields. It's like. Robinson ain't doing much in, in with without Fields, and uh, Fields ain't doing much without Robinson. They're holding him back or whatever. So this is one of those arguments where it's like, but everybody loses, right? Um, the only thing we care about in the Bears is Khalil Herbert. Um, is this gonna be? Is this gonna be a big game for him? I think he's a starter. Like if he if he's the guy out there. Yeah, if you're starting, you're starting dudes over Khalil Herbert when he's the guy. I good for you because you had a heck of a draft. <laughs> yeah, Khalil right. Herbert to me is a is easy play anytime Montgomery's out. And I, I guess, do we know for sure? I haven't seen the latest on I Montgomery. Is he definitely either, yeah. out? Yeah. No, so, I, I mean, he, that, that's Scott a, and I will recap. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I look forward to that Be because if Montgomery's out, Khalil Herbert, if again, if he's on the bench in your league, you got a, you got a heck of a team. You're winning a yeah, championship. Shout out anyway. to you. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Yeah. If, and if, even if Montgomery's back, I think Khalil Herbert is a fine flex he's a fine running back too in some leagues so with some of my teams i ain't got a lot of running backs right now who are very viable so yeah Khalil herbert is just a fantastic player and yeah i there are very few leagues where i wouldn't be starting him even if dave montgomery's back on the viking side um this team feels one of like one of the clear cleanest cut teams right um to yeah. me in, in fantasy right now yeah i i, I okay I, this is again selfish when i come on a lot of these axes I grind are are just my teams, right? I don't want to talk about my fantasy teams, so I, I like trick it up by saying, yeah, you know, sure. oh, let's talk, let's complain about Kyle Pitts. Yeah, sure. there's a reason for that. <laughs> Can we never go another game with Justin Jefferson having a three for fourteen ever? Yeah. Like they have to know. Kevin O'Connell has to know. Wow, we screwed up. Like, yeah, we won, and thankfully it, it, they they pulled it out at the end against squeaked the Lions. it out against the damn Lions, right? Yeah, but but there should never be another game in which Justin Jefferson does not have double digit targets. Like off the that play, that big Denny's menu that Kevin O'Connell has in front of him, it should be like here's the section for Justin Jefferson. We're checking these off ten times until we go on to the rest. Like, I mean, it just can't happen again. But I thought last week. He cooked Lattimore. I was a little worried about that. I really yeah. was. We talked last week about how I really like KJ Osborne because I was like, Lattimore, you know, I mean, Justin Jefferson's not going to be this. He's not going to go for 10 and 140 set. Well, yeah, he did. He went against Lattimore. <laughs> he it was, certainly it was did, yeah. Fantastic. And if the light's not on in Minnesota and he has another three for 14 game, I'm flying out to the Twin Cities and I'm going to correct this thing because that can never happen again. Yeah, and I feel like Dalvin Cook's the other guy in this offense that it just hasn't hasn't been there yet and and it and, will he's too good he's too good for yeah this. Not, yeah you're right yeah you're right yeah he's, there's a lot frankly there. like most fantasy backs early or like rb1 guys are you know, they're all right but it yeah, hasn't been right, great yeah. so far so um i saw a piece that the ringer put out about this um a lot of ringer pop in this show but um you know th that uh they put out about this i meant to read that like why fantasy running backs are disappointing i meant to read it before the show but you know what frank i didn't so there's that on that um lord podcast let <laughs> do me your home you didn't you didn't ever did your homework did you you're nah. like that oh yeah no i, I know i just yeah, yeah. i just wake up like, and ah. i wake up at 11 a.m when we tape this and i just i just roll right in so um yeah. <laughs> that's it uh last thing here um, Lord Podcast let me know, sent me a tweet here that David Montgomery at 1130 
Pacific is on the field as Bears practice gets underway. So, again, Scott and I will talk more about that on the live stream tomorrow. Make sure you tune in 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday. All right. Titans minus two at Commanders, 42 and a half. I kind of like Washington's passing game here, Frank. And I know that feels gross to say after. I I, I was interested when I saw that. I want to hear you. Go for it. I want to hear this because... Boy, it is, it's so tough to trust any of these guys, much less Carson Wentz. I mean, and I got a lot of McLaurin. I love McLaurin. Yeah. Can you trust? Who do, who do I trust here? And why do you like this Washington pass game? I'm listening. I'm all ears. Well, we kn- I think we know at this point you can't play Carson Wentz when they go against like a, a good set of edge rushers, Correct. right? Because he is Correct. just going to go in the absolute, oh. you know, tank, right? Whew. Yeah. We know that at this point. The Titans are not that team, right? They lost Harold Landry coming into this year. They don't have a great set of edge rushers. I feel like that's good for Wentz. And you know, the Titans secondary can certainly be beat beat up on, right? We've seen teams get over on them. Sure. Matt Collins. The great Matt Collins had yeah, an eruption yeah, yeah. spot against the Titans. And obviously <laughs> that was a week after, you know, Steph Diggs, who, you know, Steph Diggs can dog walk anybody, but he dog walked yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of these uh Titans corners all over the place. So Feel good about. I actually feel like this is a good spot for Terry McLaurin with Jahan Dotson probably going to miss this game, maybe next week's game. It's weird that their roles were kind of almost completely overlapped. Like I, t- I talked about this with Dalton, that they have run 50 go routes so far this year. Each, like uh, each, they've each run 50 go routes. Jahan Dotson, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin. The only other guys that are more than that are like Jamar Chase, Matt, the, the great Matt Collins again, um, <laughs> like, and Marquise Brown. Wow. Cra- crazy wow. stuff for, for like, wow. I think. And I like Scott Turner as a play caller, but I think we've got to see some like molding of Terry's role and Curtis Samuel's role because McLaurin is too good to just be a deep threat. And Samuel is too good and, and the targets are too worthless to just be like three yards down the field. So it's risky, but I do think this is a good setup for Washington's pass catchers. Interesting. Interesting. I will uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind when I'm watching Terry McLaurin run go routes and get me no points on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say, so I'll text basically you. I'll text he, you. Like, Frank, oh, yeah. Frank done, uh, Frank done agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's, it's hard to trust that offense. It's just Carson Wentz. I, I just, he's, he's just not good. He's just not a good quarterback anymore. But like we saw, you know, first two weeks, especially he could put up numbers in the right situation. So I, 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 I that's a great point. This is not the type of Titans defense that's just going to choke you out. I, you, you'll be able to get some points on them. So I'll, I'll start Terry, and then again, I can. I have now somebody to scapegoat and complain to on Sunday night if it doesn't work. <laughs> Please the, do. The only thing I wanted to— You, wouldn't I, be the, you I, would not be the first person yeah, to right, complain know, to me about Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Join the line, uh, pal. Yeah, all right, all right. Take a number. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the thing in this game that intrigues me most— look. I was a guy fading the heck out of Derrick Henry draft season. Did not want any part of him coming off the injury and this workload. And through two weeks, I was patting myself on the back. You know, he had the 25 yards against the Bills. I'm like, wow, Derrick Henry's not going to be that dude. Well, it turns out Derrick Henry's still that dude, shockingly enough. I, I think he has 199 rushing the past couple of weeks. And bigger than that, eight catches. Like, yep. that's that, that turns one. him into it. Uh, he goes from being a very good running back to being a top three running back. If he's going to even catch a few balls every week and there's no reason he can't do it against Washington. He, I, I can't imagine a scenario where he's kind of game scripted out. I can't imagine a scenario where Washington really holds him down. Derrick Henry's kind of good to go the rest of the season. I, I mean, none of those AFC South teams are really going to stop him that much. Derrick Henry's just, Derrick Henry's just a freak. He's just He's just unlike anybody else, and shame on me for doubting him pre-draft season, and I'm going to be paying for it in his matchups coming up. Yeah, uh, I think I told the story on the podcast already, but you know, when I 
first met Derrick Henry years years ago when the draft was in Nashville, actually. Um, I remember I remember saying to him, because he's such a nice guy, I felt like I could say this to him. I was like, you need to go to your coaching staff and tell him to throw you a, a freaking screen pass, right? Like a Dude, dump why, off in why the wouldn't flat. you want to get that guy in space? Oh I, yeah, he, he's not Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey running routes down the field. Never no. going to do that, but no. he's a big boy out there, you know, in the open space. Like the whole thesis of the Derrick Henry thing is like, in the open field, he's bigger than everybody else. Like, and he's tough to bring down. Yeah, you know that that can be true in the past game too. And the results the last two weeks have been fantastic. Not only does he have eight catches, like you said, he's averaging eleven over eleven yards per catch in those two weeks <laughs> Unbelievable. too. Like, yeah, and, why and can't they figure this out? I, yeah, it seems I like they're totally there though. It seems like they're there, which yep. is a good thing. Let's keep seeing that because obviously, without Traylon Burks, who you know was de- was a developmental player uh, right now. They're they're hurting for juice in the past game, so just more Derrick Henry in the receiving game is good uh, for everybody involved. Absolutely. Staying in the AFC South here, Texans at Jaguars. Jaguars are a seven point favorite. Um, Frank, another exciting running back uh, on the Texans side in this game. Man, Damian Pierce, I, I like because week one, I'm like Rex Burkhead. Really, that's yeah, what we're on. gonna do here, Lovey. That's what we're gonna. We look back on that game that they should have won. And them trying to run out the clock with Rex Burkhead between the tackles is going to be one of the strangest coaching decisions of the entire yes, season. Is. They fi- But give them credit. They said, boy, we're not going to do that again. Damian Pierce, how many carries do you want this season, son? Because you're going to get as many as you want. And he just looks good. He is a fun player to watch. I like watching him. I have some rookie of the year tickets on him that are not dead yet. Yeah, those so, are live. Da- those are for sure. Yeah, I, I just think Damian Pierce is one of those guys who, again, I'll say, I'll repeat the line. I said, if if you're not starting Damian Pierce, I want to see your roster because you got a pretty good team. Because <laughs> uh, I think he's a he's a clear easy start every week from here on out. Even in, I mean, this Jaguars matchup isn't great. I think the Jaguars have a pretty good defense, but I, I can't imagine sitting Damian Pierce in too many leagues. He's he's going to be really good. He's going to rush for a thousand yards this year. Going to be in the rookie of the year race. Really like him as a player. He's just one of those guys fun to watch. Yeah, 20 touches, 131 total yards in week four. And actually, most importantly, out-targeted and ran more routes than Rex Burkhead. Uh, it's wheels up, I think, for yeah. Damian Pierce. No, we, I mean, he is good to go. And they, they, they didn't take him long to figure out, yeah, this... This we got something here. We, we're gonna feed this guy, and I think it's wheels back up for the Jags too, man. Like that yep. was a weird game. Uh, the Eagles have a great defense. Trevor Trevor Lawrence had like a fumbling problem in the in the weather. Um, so he's never played in weather. He's never played in weather before. Yeah, I mean, look at that, look at yeah, that hair. He, you yeah. think that's a oh, guy who's ready to play in weather? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, don't, don't talk to me so. about hair, man. I, I got nothing to say. I mean, dude, if I. Yeah, it's right back at you, pal. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I'm, 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 my my clock is ticking, that's for sure. Uh, but go. anyways. We're back. Or just you play Christian Kirk like you were before this game. You play James Robinson, I think, like you were in this game. James Robinson definitely like a guy that we got to be worried about game script. I think going forward, but this is not. Do you worry about next. do you worry about James Robinson going forward because yeah he, he's basically had a few big runs and not yeah. much else. Uh, and yeah. and he was an Achilles guy and he was a guy who's fading and maybe I'm trying to talk myself into hey you didn't screw this up you're actually right. Uh, is there any one is James Robinson going to be good the rest of the season or is just those few runs and two is travis at the end going to get off the milk carton at any point because i i travis at the end is like a low level jd mckissick right now oh god 
He is. Urban, that's all he is. He's Urban just, Meyer just had a, a shiver go down his spine somewhere. If he even I mean, remembers who Travis yeah. Etienne is, probably, <laughs> right. probably does. He just catches he catches a few passes, and he's not any part of their their game plan. And he's just a guy who I was drafted like fourth round or third round or whatever. And I'm just like, I can't start this guy. Yeah. Like, what would I? I wouldn't start JD McKissick. I'm not going to start at Travis Etienne. Yeah, I didn't draft much of Travis Etienne, but I, I if I did, I would feel, I would not feel great about it. But, but no, to, to your point no. though, to your point though, yeah, James Robinson, I could see him being a guy that slows down at some point. So, if you if you want to sell him high, I have a James Robinson on a couple of rosters. I might think about that. Um, this, but this is not the week to yeah. do it. I'd I'd let him have a big week against the okay. Texans here, and and then you're then probably see, right because that's probably what's yeah. going to happen. But I could I could see. Well, let's let's revisit that in a few weeks because I think you might be onto something yeah. there. And one last quick thing about the Jaguars before we move on. I'd never thought I'd have been saying this during the 2022 NFL season, but Zay Jones is a big deal for the Jaguars. Yeah, offense. they need they don't, like, yeah. like they missed him. Like they yeah, legitimately they missed him. And I think when he comes back this week, if if you're in a deeper league and you got Zay Jones on your bench, put him in. I'm putting him in in a few spots because I think he's I, I think he's going to have a pretty darn good season for them. Yeah, I mean he's better than Marvin Jones out there. Talk about the yep. cardio. Well, I mean Marvin Jones actually gets looks, but. They, they don't really go anywhere. <laughs> uh, all right. Giants at Packers. Packers are big favorites here. Uh, this is a London, this is a London game, um, right? Yep. London, London early, early in the morning. I'll be up for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you, well, yeah everybody out there, you know, my, you know, my deal with this. No excuses. Don't sleep in and have Alan Kamara on your starting lineup. Nope. No excuses. Don't be going out and getting hammered the night before. Better get your ass up early in the morning and make sure your fantasy lineups are set. All right. We're here to compete. Okay, we're here to win. Let's be serious about this whole thing. Step up to the plate, folks. All right, with that being said, I mean, I don't know you got to wake up to start any Giants, though, Frank, uh, other than like, yeah. Saquon Barkley, <laughs> put him in your lineup, and I don't think you got to worry about anything else with New York. I mean, we might not even get Danny Dimes in this damn game, okay? Like, right, he's right. he's or at least he's pretty questionable, so there there is that. Yeah, and I guess he's been at practice. He's probably going to play, but my question is, is is any running threat in this game? If you're banged up, you're not running much. And as weird as it is, and people have repeated this often, a big part of Daniel Jones' game is running the ball. He he can help move the offense that way, but you're not doing it on a gimpy ankle. So, no. and especially get this Packers defense pretty darn good. So, I, yeah, I the Giants have no interest for me whatsoever outside of yes, you have to start Saquon, you start nobody else. I don't even think in a two quarterback league you want to start Daniel Jones in this game because I don't think he's going to be running it. Uh, I'll still take the Giants plus eight, by the way, because I think it's too many points. But yeah, I, I don't. I, Giants are just a fantasy wasteland outside of the great Saquon Barkley right now. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't even know how the Giants score eight points, Frank. Uh, but like, never. That's going to be tough. That's that's their yeah, run defense I, I is still me. a big, big problem. 30, 30 second, uh in rushing success rate, and obviously they're going against Saquon. That's going to be a problem on the Packers side, Frank. I feel like Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard have have kind of closed the gap here. Lazard has been very efficient. He's like top five in first downs per target so far this year. Like he, we we can debate how good of a player Alan Lazard is, but. Rodgers likes him. He's got great hands and he wins with size. Like I think Lazard is a guy you're, you're probably thinking about as a flex player for sure in this matchup and Dobbs as well. Like Dobbs is in the circle of trust despite his big touchdown with like, I think these guys are pretty secure at this point as the number one and number two receivers here. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree with that. And more so going forward, I think you're going to be really happy to have Romeo Dobbs on your team. Like I, I think his role is just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. Cause he's just a better player yeah. than Alan Lazard. I agree. Oh, I think Alan Lazard is going to be fine all year. I think he's, I, I think this, 
Packers passing game is actually going to continue to grow. And the Packers are going to be one of those teams that what they look like in September really doesn't resemble what they look like in November and December. They're going to be spreading it around a lot more. Robert Tanyan looks healthy. I think they're going to have some pop in the passing game, some consistency in the passing game. They've hit some big plays, but some consistency in the passing game to go with the run game, to go with the defense. I think the Packers are going to continue to grow, and I think Romeo Dobbs is going to be a huge part of that. Next game up here, Dolphins minus three at the Jets. Um, you know, the Jets are we actually both have Teddy notes here uh, for our for our things. Um, you know, the Jets are, are the Jets, right? We'll see where Zach Wilson is. Like, I'm not I'm not feeling 100 percent confident about starting any of these receivers. I the, the, think you could tell a story there. And Brees Hall, like I, I do want to see Brees Hall's role continue to grow. I mean, just absurd, like air yards per target number for a, a damn running back right now. Um, crazy stuff that he's doing. I want to see him continue to get more burned. But let's talk about Teddy, man. I mean, I think we're both on. The, we're pretty much on the same page about about Teddy with these receivers. I think. I think so. I, I think that. T- look, this is a, one of the reasons Tua shouldn't have played last week is because Teddy's good. I know, like Teddy's, yeah, I know. Teddy's a pretty good quarterback, and I think the Dolphins play really, really well around him. To speak, you know, we spoke before about Pickett and how teams rally around a backup quarterback a lot of times. I think they rally around this guy. Teddy's one of the most likable guys in the league. I think that team plays really hard, and he looked fine against the Bengals. He played really well. He just had the one miscommunication with Kasicki that resulted in the interception, or they were a real threat to win that game. The one thing I do wonder about, Teddy's never, he had a great downfield pass to Tyreek on Thursday night. He's never been a downfield passer. That's just not part of his game. So are we going to be able to see that from the Dolphins' offense? Are we going to see the long bombs to to Tyreek, even to Waddle here and there? Probably not. They're going to have to kind of live off Yak a little bit until Tua gets back. But I think overall as a team, as an offense, the Dolphins are going to be just fine because Teddy's, Teddy's probably the best backup in the NFL. Yeah, 100%. I think he's the best backup in the NFL. And, you know, probably like fringe starter level. You can get away with starting Teddy for sure. And I think their their usage could look a lot like week one with Tua because, like, kind of despite the fact that that Baltimore game happened, like, the Dolphins haven't been great, great at pushing it down the field. You know, obviously, Tua, with the injury stuff, it's it's kind of hard to say. But, you know, week one, we saw 12 targets, eight catches for 94 yards with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle four for 69, and Waddle was averaging 7.5 uh, yards after the catch per reception. So he was getting it done with a lot, of, a lot of yak. Like you said, I think that's sort of the expectations to have for these receivers in this matchup um let's move on to lions at patriots i mean are we gonna see bailey zappy going against this terrible lions <laughs> yes defense? yes and what do you expect i i mean it's kind of the the opposite of the immovable force irresistible object right like what happens when bailey zappy goes against the worst defense of football like do we does he move the ball does is any of the are any of these guys viable? Is it the same conservative play calling? I uh, yeah. I don't expect too much. I I wouldn't be starting any New England. Like that's that's been the joke, right? If you have any fantasy players against the Lions, you need to you're the third base coach wheeling them in, right? Like get them in the lineup. I'm not sure about this week with the Patriots. I think we know what to expect. I think the Lions could be just fine. I think they're going to be really good. With, but the Patriots, what do you think of the Patriots? Like, are you are you, you feel good about any of their receivers? Probably not. I mean, I guess you probably have to play Ramondre. I was going to say. Anyway, I, I yeah. don't know. You know what I think, Frank? I think we're going to see the ball in the belly of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson an awful lot in this game. Yeah, yeah. And Harris. But like, if you're one-dimensional like that, I mean, how, I, even a bad I, defense I know, should man. be able to stop a one-dimensional offense with Bailey Zappi a quarter. If they can't, if they can't at least slip, if they, they put up 500 yards on, <laughs> then to know, just man. fire Aaron Glenn on, on Sunday night. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's a really interesting matchup that way, though, fantasy-wise. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I've got the stones to start like 
like would you start Bailey Zappi at DFS? Like I, I'm serious. No, like no, would you? No, like no, I don't no, think so. No, I don't. No, yeah. I don't, I don't think he looked good at all against the. Packers. No, I, don't I know they. I, don't. I know they kept that game close, but I. I don't didn't come out there feeling like okay, this guy's interesting. I mean, he looks. He literally looks like a Madden creative character. Like he has the most plain face of any person <laughs> I've ever seen. It was in, it was incredible. Which you know, it just says another best play. But still, like yeah, I think Ramondre Stevenson, great great game script. Damian Harris. Damian Harris just gets disrespected all the time because people love Ramondre Stevenson so much. But like right. Damian Harris is good and like he gets it done for he's this solid. team. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah. So. Feel like those guys you could start. I don't know that I've got the stones to start. And as much as I love Jacoby Myers, if he plays in this game, I don't even know if I could play him. Uh, maybe though. And, and Devonte Parker, like, let me tell you what: you're either gonna get you know 85 yards and yeah. a touch, mm-hmm. or you're gonna get or eight donut eight. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe eight yards, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> you're kind. You're a kind man. I'm a kind guy. Yeah. Lions, and then on their side, like the barnstorm should just continue, man. Right? I mean, yeah. Even if there's this no pretty reason. Good defense, I mean. I, anybody, anybody with, yeah, I, I, you start all your lives with confidence right now. It's, I, I mean, it doesn't look like Amon Ra is going to answer the bell this week again. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be late, but he's missed Wednesday and Thursday now. So I don't assume that he's going to play, but Josh Reynolds, why not? Like, yeah. let's go. Like, I mean, it's TJ Hawkinson, he returned to practice. He should be fine. I, I, I just think this Lions offense is going to continue to roll all season. They got some really, and especially when, Amon Ra is healthy when Swift is healthy and when Jameson Williams is back. This is going to be a really, really fun offense to watch. It really, really is. I can't wait to see Jameson Williams in this offense. All right, Frank, last game before we move to the primetime ones. 49ers, six and a half point favorites in Carolina. We, by the way, for people out there, you know, like I said, with the with the co-host on this show, they always give one note. I give one note. Uh, I got in the doc first. I for my note, I wrote Baker is toast, and Frank just followed up with Baker is so toast. <laughs> so, I mean, so bad. best defense so in the bad. NFL going against the stone worst by any measure quarterback in the NFL and Baker Mayfield. I, I can I cannot paint an optimistic picture in this one. Okay, let's let's. Uh, by the way, I think San Francisco has the best defense in the league. I, I, I agree. I, with if you. they could, if they could completely choke out Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, that offense, what are they going to do to Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule? Come on, put like, him in the blender. Dude. So let me ask you. Right. Let me ask you. I, I think this is a legit. What do you expect? You can't bench him. What do you expect out of McCaffrey this week? They're not. I don't think they score a touchdown this week. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe. I mean, it's it's kind of weird to say an NFL team is definitely not scoring a touchdown. But how? How are they going to get in the end zone against this 49ers defense? What could you realistically expect from Christian McCaffrey in this game? I, again, you can't bench him, but right. I'm not starting with much confidence. I'm like, oh, I got to. That's There's no other option. You kind of have to hope for the same thing last week, which I know a lot of folks left that week four game feeling like, okay, look at the receiving usage for McCaffrey. That's great. I'm like, yeah, but four of those targets, four of those catches, and 56 yards came in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You got. I think they might be in a similar situation. They were in that situation against the Arizona Cardinals, who didn't even play well in that game, okay? No, um, no. And, and and they still were in that situation where they had to, you know, try to try to claw their way back in the fourth quarter. I think that's what you kind of have to hope for is if Baker's just checking it down to McCaffrey over and over and over again. Yikes. Yeah, it would be like, and it would be one of those lines of like, 
eight catches, 41 yards. Like right. it's not, yes. it's not, there's just no possible. hope. Uh, like, and you're, you're just praying for some garbage touchdown, like long after the game has been decided. I, I have no confidence. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Baker throws for like 103 yards. Like I, and that's partially because I think San Francisco defense is amazing. And partially just because Baker is just, I, he's just lost it. And maybe it look, yeah. there's plenty of quarterbacks to the Matt rule era who have not played well. <laughs> maybe he's the problem here, but regardless that passing offense is not, I'm not, no chance you could start DJ Moore this week, right? Like, no chance you could oh, no. definitely not talk about Robbie. Like, there's no part of this Panthers offense you could start except McCaffrey, and you're kind of just begrudgingly doing it because he was your first-round pick, and there's no way you can bench Christian McCaffrey. No, no. Um, anything on the 49ers side? I mean, Jeff Wilson looks good. Not really. Like, yeah, Jeff Wilson's Debo's great. Debo's, Debo. Debo, Debo, I wish, you know, if we would have had a crystal ball and, and said, you know what, Jimmy Garoppolo's going to start 15 games this year, Debo might have been a first-round pick. Yeah. Like, it was just like it's we didn't know trend. how Trey was going to mesh. We knew there was some regression coming with Debo, but the regression police got to him a little bit too much. He's just a great And that Elijah player. Mitchell was going to um, – Get, was gonna right. was gonna miss right. for uh, you know who knows when he's gonna come back. He's on IR, right? So like, so let, let me ask you one more question because it's another selfish question by me. George Kittle, what, like tight end going forward this season. George Kittle top ten, I guess, just because there's not yeah. ten good tight ends. I know I I am I am at nine the rest of the season ahead of like David and Joku and Gerald Everett, and I'm not convinced that by the end of the week I don't flip those. Like because yeah, because it's, it's the opportunities there. For those guys. Kittle was a Kittle was a luxury tight end, and I, I mean I didn't proactively draft him very many places, but I got uh, a couple, yeah. and I'm like, this is uh, you know, can I get Jaden and Joku back because he's probably a better option at this point. And I mean, I dude, I think Kittle is a stud, great player, great, but player. yeah, but he's just not what they're wanting to do right now. It's I. It's Samuel first, Ayuk second. Run the ball third. A Kittle, if we got enough to go around, he hasn't been blocking as much as has been said, and people have pointed that out and you know, helping Trent Trent Williams. But he is running a lot of kind of low level routes where he's chipping and then going. He's just not a priority for them right now, and I don't know how that changes. I don't either because I think the the reality is like not only is he you know third in the pecking order, I think you could argue that like Debo Samuel definitely at this point better player than George Kittle. I think you could argue argue Brandon Ayuk is better player than than yeah, George, as good as Kittle sure. as good as George Kittle is. It's like this it's just one of those things where like the kid who doesn't know how to drive is like driving a Ferrari right now, you know, like and they're <laughs> they're driving it around the damn block, you know, like that, yeah, that that's yeah. how good these pass catchers are. Jimmy's just Jimmy, man. It is what it is. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to the primetime games here. Bengals at Ravens. Ravens three point favorites. Forty eight and a half over under. Um. I think for this game is uh, Jamar Chase usage, man. I mentioned the go route stat earlier for him. Um. That you know people were coming out of that Miami game like. What's what's wrong with Jamar Chase? What's wrong with Jamar Chase? I'm like, there he's on the George Pickens plan, dude. He's getting his steps in. He is running so many go routes, and you know, at some point, the Bengals have to adjust that because he's too easy to defend in that way. And 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 you know, it's it's hard because they have T Higgins. He's a great player. Tyler Boyd's a good player. But you know, even Jamar Chase came out and said this week, like, I'm really frustrated with. Um, you know, he's not like a he's not like a diva he did. Guy, I didn't. But I did not. See, I, so he he said this he's is a squeaky wheel game. Then yes, he this said is he's a squeaky wheel game. Okay, yeah, he's gonna the, Jamar Chase get him in your lineup because I, it's a, it's tried and true that if a receiver complains about not getting a great receiver complains about not getting the ball enough, he's bound to get ten catches. It was like it was Burrow's not like, so right, it wasn't so much it. like he's frustrated with the targets. He said he's frustrated with the the way teams are covering him, which like that's not going to change. So it's on the Bengals 
to 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 manufacture ways to get him the ball to yeah, keep him involved, and they will. Right? We saw them do that last year at the end of the season and in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I tried to throw out a few Jamar Chase trades this week. Unsuccessful, by yeah. the way. I wasn't totally lowballing, but nobody's giving up on Jamar Chase. Rightfully so. I think he's gonna he's he's one of the elite talents in the NFL. And it has been weird that he hasn't done more. And like you said, he's just getting his steps in out there. I love that line. And it's it's <laughs> but it's gonna change. And it's probably gonna change this week against a Ravens secondary that has not been good all season. They're getting healthier, but it's still I don't think a great secondary. I think Jamar Chase is gonna absolutely eat this week. He'll be just fine. Uh, the, the one thing I looked at from the other side in this game is just J.K. Dobbins. And I know he didn't have an unbelievable game here, but it increased from seven carries to 13. His snaps went up from 27 to 35. He was involved in a receiving game. And I think as they get more confidence that he's healthy, he becomes what we thought he was going to be in a Ravens rushing offense that has always manufactured a good running back. Like it's when you're beside Lamar Jackson and, and a lot of this read option stuff, you are going to have lanes to run in. And I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be really good this year. I do. I, I just think it it took some time. They needed to know that, okay, he's healthy. He's He can be effective. The next thing is him being efficient, being better than just getting, you know, three point two yards per carry like he did last week. But I think it's coming. I think that I, I think that now, especially not now just not playing the the Buffalo Bills defense. <laughs> That'll help. I think J.K. Dobbins kinda I think J.K. J.K. Dobbins has a bit of a breakout this week. Seventy one and a half receiving yards is the prop for Jamar Chase. Oh, give over, me the over. That all day. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he's gonna yeah, it's just yeah. one of those the, the the Bengals are one of those offenses. It just seems like Okay, last week it was T. Higgins. We'll, we'll all right, Chase. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you yours this week. Next week we'll go back to T. I mean, it's going to be a little. I mean, look, it's it's hard for an NFL team to put up two hundred yard receivers every week. It's just it's almost impossible. So it's going to be one of those where you know each week is going to be a little different. But now it's been a few weeks for Jamar Chase. He hasn't had a huge game. I think he does have a huge game this week. Yeah, just keep an eye on Rashad Bateman, who has a midfoot sprain, and that's um, huge. You know, huge. They, they've called him day to day, but you know, some injury experts think it's it's going to be a bigger deal than that. But um, yeah, we'll see. He's he's obviously the most important receiver on that. Yeah, offense. it means it means Mark Andrews goes from like seventeen targets to like twenty two targets, right? Like, I mean, how much more can he handle? Like, I know, but he yeah. still gets open every time. He's he's so good. Um, so good. All right, last game up here: Raiders at Chiefs. Chiefs are seven point favorites, fifty one over under. Uh, what do you got on this game, Frank? I just need to ask you a very easy question. Well, not an easy question, but it's a simple question. Does Darren Waller stink? Like, is he just a guy? Like, is he? did uh, we completely overrate him? Because now we're going on kind of year two of him being a huge disappointment. The last two weeks, six catches for 46 yards? Really? Like, I uh, this is not looking good for Darren Waller. There's more target competition for him. Josh Jacobs is still a, a factor in that offense. I just don't know if I trust Derek Waller going forward at all. I mean, he's just, he's, he's, I, 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 I he doesn't stink. I was being funny with that. He's a sure, good but. player, but I just don't think he's, I just think we've all overrated him based on what happened a couple of years ago. And at age 30, I, I just don't think it's coming back. I think that, well, I think that's a fair point. You know, he's only run a route on 79.5% of the team dropbacks. Um, you know, he's third on the team in air yards. This is, again, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, be freaking talking about Mac Collins again, bro. Like, I mean, right, Mac Collins, right. 24.5% share of the air yards. Darren Waller, 22.9%. Like, Darren Waller should be eating with Hunter Renfro out there, and he's not. Right. It's right. really... Right. That's, it's, the it's, that's the troubling thing, is that there's no Renfro, but yet Darren Waller is still just kind of... Mm, he's not a big deal. And I just... Super concerned. Again, new, co new coaching staff, new... I mean, he's 30... 
last 15 games have been just kind of, okay, he's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with Darren Waller as a football player, but you drafted him to be this kind of name brand tight end, and he's just he's just really, really leaving you cold in that way. Yeah, like, he just falls in that mix with guys like Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, you know, right, Dalton Schultz, yeah. and he wasn't supposed to be that, but he is, but that yeah. is what he is at this point. Um, tight end is... Like, would you rather, like, rest of the season, would you rather have Zach Ertz or Darren Waller? I might take Ertz. I really might because I know they're going to use him. I know they're mm-hmm. going to throw him the ball. I know he can do stuff with it. I just don't. I just don't know what Darren Waller's ceiling is anymore, and it's definitely not where you drafted him in the you know, probably fifth round. I mean, it's just. I just don't think he's that guy. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. Um, my thing for the Chiefs here is just like any further clarity with the skill positions, right? Um, because Pacheco got in there, looked pretty good. Right? He looked. He looked. He looked good. You know? No, it looked uh, really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does he take away from Ceh at all? Um, cause CEH really can't afford to lose any work. He's, he's just kind of living on touchdowns. Right. So there is that. Um, and, and just the, the receivers too, like this would theoretically be a good spot to throw the receivers out, but does anybody have any, con- like, I think that, you know, Juju is like a wide receiver three that doesn't make or break you pretty much at this point. And MVS, you know, we know who MVS is. So I, I want to see if Sky Moore gets a little more playing time. That's what I was, ju- was going to bring up that name to you because yeah. he's the one guy who, it might be out there. Maybe somebody got impatient. Maybe somebody dropped him. I, I picked him oh, up I in bet. the league yeah, this week, I thinking, thinking it might take a while. But at some point, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, obviously their offense is doing pretty well. But at some point, I think they're going to look and say, we're not getting a lot out of this receiver group. We we have the second round pick. We know he's got some juice. Yeah, let's see it. what Sky Moore has. Let's bump up his. Let's let's just see. Let's just see what he's got. And I think he's going to respond well to that. And I think he ends up being like at least a, a a viable guy with maybe a little more than that. We see this is year of the rookie receiver again. Why can't Sky Moore be a factor in the second half and do the Amon Ross St. Brown? Who's going to get, by the way, that's going to be the template, right? Every, yeah. every oh, rookie re- receiver is going to be like, well, maybe he'll pull a Amon Ross St. Brown and be great. In a, it's pretty rare, but I can see it with Sky if the opportunity presents itself because he plays with Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes is a God. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Sky Moore as a player too. So a lot yeah. to keep in mind there, but we kind of know the deal with both of these teams. All right. That's going to do it for us before we take off. You heard us talk about DFS earlier in the show. If you're not already playing Daily Fantasy on Yahoo, now is the time to start. To get started, go to yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy and use promo code HARMON15 or just click the link in the episode description, then use the code HARMON15 on your first deposit of 5 bucks or more, and Yahoo will give you an extra 15 bucks in site credit. Again, the code is HARMON15 to get your first deposit bonus. The code is active until October 9th, so you're running out of time here, people, and cannot be combined with other bonuses, rewards, program terms apply. Frank, tell the people where they can listen to you and Charles recap all the Sunday action. Yep, our Sunday night freestyle, it's, it's one of my favorite hours of the week. Me and Charles get together talking through every single game. It's on UPod to win the game, usually up on Monday morning for your Monday morning commute. Uh, uh, man, the NFL always gives us something to talk about, doesn't it? 100%. It's a great show. I would recommend everybody listen to that. And, of course, as always, you can listen to me and Scott Pianowski on Monday morning with a recap of the games as well. Until then, we're out. One, two, three, 
four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.